This is the Film Slut Podcast. Hi, welcome back to the Film Slut Podcast. Um, I didn't record an episode in January because I actually forgot and then it's end of February and now it's March and so I am just gonna do a joint episode. So, yeah. Um, I... I don't know, I'm just starting to get really into award season and the Globes happened on Monday and it was kind of good but also re- like some were really random like Jodie Foster winning and Andre Day winning but I haven't seen that movie but apparently she's really good in it um, yeah and so like on Monday Critics Choice Awards are happening and so I'm just like super excited about the whole thing and yeah I hope I can find a link to that because I actually stayed up the night before looking for links and I couldn't find it and I woke up at like 6am in the morning on the day of the globes and then my wi-fi failed and I was yelling like oh my god like of all the days the wi-fi can just not work they pick the day of the globes and I was so angry but it worked and it was fine and like shout out to Amy because we watched the entire thing together and then we were providing each other commentary and I was laughing so hard and she was doing her laundry domestic queen anyways so these are movies that I saw in January and February so I saw 33 movies in January and then 21 movies in February Um, first I saw Hot Fuzz I saw that on New Year's Day this is just like such a classic I love this movie so much Olivia Coleman's character is excellent and she's so funny in it. She plays this like really dopey, goofy character and it's just like the best. I don't really have anything else to say about it. Um, and then I saw David Lynch's Dune from 1984. Everyone knows how much I just like love David Lynch, but like this was probably his biggest failure because of how like studios refuse to give him full creative control and It also doesn't help that the story is like super confusing as fuck with tons of characters and different locations and I mean, I didn't take it too seriously, it's just casual viewing before like, you know, the new Dune comes out and it's super campy. I don't know, I was just kind of just going with it and not really taking it for like any value whatsoever but yeah, it was really hard to find this movie and I was actually really happy when it was showing on TV which is really random so yeah and then I saw two Kubrick movies I saw Lolita and Doctor Strangelove or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb both came out within the span of like two years in the 60s Um, for Lolita I've never really read the book I think I read like half of it Um, I haven't seen the other one with Jeremy Irons I mean, I was expecting it to be kind of creepy, which it was at some points, but it wasn't as bad as what I thought. He doesn't really do anything like super physical and abusive. He's just emotionally abusive and he's possessive and toxic to her, which is like really disgusting. Um, But the whole thing was just kind of sad and it didn't really do much for me. I don't really know what the point was. So yeah. 3.5 out of 5. And then for Dr. Strangelove, I watched five minutes of this previously, like two years ago, and I 
couldn't focus at all. So I finally got to it after two years because it was on the Criterion channel. But yeah, this was so funny. It was actually really compelling and yeah, and it's just ridiculous. And it's about how a doomsday nuclear weapon is like, just like the mechanics of how it works itself is absurd. And the satire was so satisfying in this movie. It made me laugh more than any other Kubrick movie. And yeah, Peter Sellers is like an icon. He plays so many different characters in it. Yeah, four out of five. And then I saw Lynn Ramsey's We Need to Talk About Kevin. And this was so uneasy and it's so fucked up. And I don't really want to say much, but definitely one of the best things I saw in January. Oh my gosh. And then I saw Carol. I hadn't seen Carol since I was 15 in 2015, which is like a long time. And I realized I've forgotten a lot of it, except for like how Kate Blanchett just looks all the time because she's just like so gorgeous and like she's such a MILF. But like, I'm so glad I revisited it because the cinematography is beautiful and every single shot where you can see the grain, I was like, ugh, the grain. The grain is so good. And the colors, mm, oh my god. Um, Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara are just like magnetic. And the subtleties in their expressions was like, it was so impressive and heartbreaking. Um, yeah, maybe I'll watch this every like five years. But f like for now, I just feel so like broken about it. Um, I love Carol so much. Five out of five. Um, and then I watched Hail Caesar from 2016. This felt like the most non-Coen Brothers movie the Coen Brothers has ever done. Um, it's about like a communist society of screenwriters and actors in Hollywood in the 50s who kidnap an actor and they demand ransom money. The actor's played by George Clooney. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting how like it comments on how cinema is like the most capitalist art form and studios are basically like factories. But it was really, really funny. The cast is stacked and yeah, I loved it. Four out of five. Also the dog in Hail Caesar is named Engels. And I thought that was so like such a good little like, I don't know, like it's just like a really, really nice surprise. and. Uh, if I get a dog, I'm definitely naming it Angles because that's just so cute. Um, and then I saw Holiday, really old movie from 38. It's about Cary Grant and he is going to marry this girl from a really rich family, but he's like super anti-capitalist and he has these like views on life where he wants to stop working and just like live his life and um, go on holiday. And it kind of disappoints his like future father-in-law because he owns this like really big company and they're super rich. And I don't know, I've been looking for a really satisfying classic movie because like, I don't know, since like Roman Holiday, nothing has ever hit that spot. And I think Holiday actually gave that to me. Like, first of all, it's set in a really grand house. So obviously like I'm already like in tune. And Cary Grant, and Catherine Hepburn is just like, their chemistry is so good and you can't really ask for much more. It's just so witty and it makes me feel so happy and I just love like the snappy dialogue and I like absolutely adored it, four out of five. 
And then I saw another Catherine Hepburn and Cary Grant film, Bringing Up Baby, from 1938. It's like borderline screwball comedy and it's super goofy and they trip and fall all over the place. It was so charming. Um, and it's just like about Catherine Hepburn just trying to win Cary Grant's love and she's like pining for him the entire movie as she drags him along these like really absurd adventures but yeah it's so cute I think the last act drags a little bit and I was kind of bored it could have been tighter but like I think by the end especially the ending scene like um with the dinosaur bones I'm not gonna spoil it but it's just so worth it that last scene so yeah and then I saw Life During Wartime 2009 it's the sequel to Happiness the Todd Solance movie that made me physically ill to my stomach but also really funny and made me feel like a bad person for laughing um, it wasn't as disturbing as Happiness so I don't really know what the point was of like subverting your emotions but it was just melodramatic for no reason whatsoever also they cast different people for the sequel which kind of made my brain hurt but oh well um, and then I saw Rope from 1948 it's one of the more stagier Hitchcock movies it's about these two guys who kill their friend just to prove to themselves that they're different and more superior they put the body in a chest and host a party with the dead person's friends because like just because they can and they want to show off and yeah like rope actually has a really big gay subtext which was not common in the 40s obviously but like that little detail just makes so much sense and it's really funny because they refer to each other as like roommates that go on holiday together and stuff but yeah i was genuinely stressed out watching this um and james stewart is just like classic so yeah 4.5 out of 5 and then this isn't really a movie but i saw i finished twin peaks the return in january and it literally took me a year to finish all of twin peaks and it took me an even longer time to finish twin peaks the return like season three um i would argue it's actually like the best tv show ever or maybe bojack horseman is but i've just talked about how much I love Twin Peaks and season three was really long and sometimes the scene would just be a minor character doing absolutely mundane things but because of how like everything leads to a clue or like a piece of a puzzle I have to be invested anyways and it was kind of exhausting but in the end uh, like the ending experience is one of like the craziest things I've ever witnessed and I genuinely couldn't go to sleep after because I was really scared um, and I stayed up all night until 6 like a.m. and I just passed out and the sun was rising but it was so scary just because like it's just crazy how Laura Palmer was like I'll see you in 25 years Dale Cooper and then literally like 25 years after they finally solve it and the ending is just like oh. I still actually haven't processed it but yeah and this isn't a movie either but I saw Killing Eve I finished all three seasons in five days and i love sandra oh and jodie coma and i would die for them and the writing in this is like immaculate and the comedic the comedic timing is just like perfection um 
it's just fun. Like they travel to a lot of places and it's cute and I just really enjoyed it. So yeah. Um, and then I saw, oh, I saw the two Euphoria specials. Trouble don't last always and fuck anyone who's not a C-blog. Um, I think I liked Euphoria overall. I just, I thought it was pretty good, but it's not necessarily known for its writing that much, in my opinion. So these two episodes were interesting because like the structure of it is just sort of like a free-flowing conversation in a fixed place. I think Rue's episode went over the same themes like over and over again and I didn't know if an arc actually happened, it just felt kind of flat. Um, I think Jules's episode was way better and she carries that therapy session impressively, I appreciated the external imagery like when she talks about the beach and the little things of her like explaining how she feels about men, It's it just made such a big difference that you can tell that Hunter Schaefer was a writer on that episode compared to Rue's episode, which only had like the New York scene at the start and then nothing else. And it was just like so boring and I actually had trouble getting through it. So yeah. And then let's move on to new releases. I saw News of the World that came out last year with Tom Hanks and Helena Zengel. I hate westerns. I'm just gonna put it out there. I never liked westerns and this was boring. Tom Hanks isn't that great of an actor. He's just been around so much that you think that he is. He plays the same guy every single time. He plays a cowboy in this and he's one in Toy Story. Except this is terrible. So don't watch this at all. I literally hated this so much. It was so frustrating. And then I saw One Night in Miami, um, Regina King's directorial debut, and I'm so glad she's getting more awards recognition. Um, Kingsley Benadir as Malcolm X was one of the best performances ever, and I am so mad they haven't been nominating him as much, even though like um, supporting actors, like they should have nominated him instead of fucking Jared Leto at the Globes. Um, that was really good. And then I saw Pieces of a Woman in, I think that came out in 2020 as well. Oh no, no, it came out this year, but it's counted as 2020 release. But it's about a girl who loses her baby after a home birth. It was like pretty formulaic story about grief. And I guess like it stands out because of Vanessa Kirby's acting. She's pretty good in this. And also like how realistic the birthing scene was because it actually was like one continuous take that goes on for more than 10 minutes and the whole thing was like choreographed really well and it was yeah it was realistic she was like burping and she felt sick and like yeah that was interesting and really heartbreaking when she loses the baby but i thought it was fine there's like some really obvious metaphors that they try to sneak in, but it's so obvious and it was kind of cheesy. It and it um, involves an apple and the bridge, and it's like obviously it's like a metaphor for like growth and the seed. The apple seeds are like you know, her getting pregnant and fostering like life. But yeah, that was fine. I think I gave it like 3 out of 5. And then I saw Saint Maud. It's 2020. It's an A24 supernatural horror movie. It's about this 
girl who is a nurse and she's like super Christian and she thinks that Jesus is like actually there and she takes care of this um, cancer patient and things just go horribly wrong and I don't know religion just always scares me and it grosses me out and this felt just like cold and it made you feel like you don't know what's real or fake and it's like super cruel and like you don't even know who's actually good or bad and it gets really mixed up and I found some scenes to be like actually really gruesome and bloody but in like that really satisfying way that just like clicks but yeah I loved Saint Maud um, and then I saw Judas and the Black Messiah but yeah Daniel Kaluuya just won best supporting actor at the Globes for this and like all the performances are so magnetic not just for him but also like Lakeith Stanfield and Dominic Fishback all of them were so great and it was shot really well and I felt like a magnitude of feelings while watching this and it's like honestly one of the best things I saw in February um, 4.5 out of 5 and then I saw the new Borat movie, Borat subsequent movie film um, I thought the first Borat was pretty amusing this one felt more politically motivated and super timely which I think for me had a bigger impact on how we feel towards Americans specifically just how like messed up the country is and like it really showcases how dumb and delusional all of them are but also kind of funny and oh like Maria Baklova was such a standout she really did that and she really committed to that character which I'm sure like many first-time actors would be so afraid to do there's like this one scene at a debutante ball where she's dancing and her period leaks like all over her white dress and she flashes her pubes to like the super conservative guests it was just like so priceless and like you just like can't believe what's happening um and then moving on to international movies i saw the exterminating angel it's the i think the premise is about how a group of really privileged rich people have a dinner party and then it ends and then they find that all of them can't leave the room and are confined and stuck in this room for like forever um and yeah like people die and they go insane and they starve and it's this thing that just keeps them there and they can't move and it's about how like seemingly rich nice people get super ugly and animal-like and they're reduced to that because they literally need to survive and I don't know I think it's like a really interesting one yeah and then I saw Bergman's Hour of the Wolf it's a horror film one of the only ones he did I think it's super slow and there's like a lot of surrealist elements that get under your skin and it really freaked me out um, anything with old people freaked me out and this had tons of old people it was like old people everywhere in like castles and it was so creepy and it was great and then I saw Goddard's Masculine Feminine Ugh, I don't know he always seems to just like disappoint me and like talking about this now doesn't jog my memory at all I can't tell you about the plot of masculine feminine to save my life except the main girl was so cool and her boyfriend was like holding her back from her dreams but yeah I don't know like it's whatever French New Wave is just always sexy so I can't really complain 3.5 out of 5 and then I saw Ang Lee's Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon from the year 2000 
um, a Michelle Yeoh classic. I'm so happy for Malaysian representation, but she is such a shit actress. I'm so sorry to say that. My mom was like, she's so stiff, like a rock. But I do love this movie. And the fight scenes are so iconic and ridiculous, but so good. Um, and then I saw The Lovers from 1958. Like y'all know, I love Louis Mal. This previous work is so good and like that I've seen. And rich people cheating on their spouses is just like a subgenre that I can absolutely get behind. It's like one of my favorite things ever. Jean Moreau, who is also in Elevator to the Gallows, is just so good in this. And she falls in love with like every single man that she sees on the street that meets her and like helps her. She just like absolutely falls in love with them. And yeah, it's what she deserves. It's so good. Definitely watch The Lovers. Um, and then I saw The Green Ray from 1986, my first romance film. You've probably seen the ending of this on Twitter or something. Um, of the couple clutching each other and they're watching the sun go down. And for a split second, this like green light flashes. And like it flashes right as the sun goes down. And it's like the most like glorious moment. And it's like the biggest release ever. Especially when you see... Delphine, the main um, girl, spend the entire film feel, like feeling out of place and really lonely during summer vacation and she finally gets this like one moment that she's been waiting for and it's just like so satisfying. It's such a good ending, one of my favorite endings. So yeah, those are the main things that I saw both months and I hope everyone is safe and getting really anxious about Oscars because I am even though it's like two months away still. Thanks so much for listening and that's it. This is the Film Slut Podcast.